Welcome to Tribe Talk, presented by Progressive, making it easy to bundle home and car insurance. Brought to you by Subway, the official training restaurant of the Cleveland Indians. By the University of Akron. Visit areyououtthere.com. Everyone, welcome to Drive Talk. Jim Rosenhouse along with you this weekend from the Indian Spring Training Complex in Goodyear, Arizona. The Tribe with a busy weekend this weekend. They have a split squad weekend. Half the squad has been in San Antonio, Texas, playing the Texas Rangers. The other half right here. They played last night against the Reds, Friday night. And then uh, today, an Indians radio network game in surprise against Kansas City. So the challenge this weekend for Terry Francona and his pitching coach, Mickey Calloway, how do you fill 36 innings of baseball with uh, the pitching in terms of uh, trying to get starters going, an injury to Carlos Carrasco, get your relievers some work, but don't overwork everybody. And, oh, by the way, some of your position players are at the World Baseball Classic. So they're figuring things out and getting through. And uh, through all that, we have a good show lined up for you today. We will hear from Indians General Manager Mike Chernoff. He'll fill us in on some injury issues for the Tribe and also talk about some players who have impressed him so far this spring. Lonnie Chisenhall will join us, the Indians outfielder, trying to, to put together a real solid season from start to finish as he becomes a major league veteran now. Also joining us, Boone Logan. Logan, the free agent, left-handed reliever that should fill out the Indians' bullpen nicely. And Daniel Robertson, a utility player who's in camp trying to win a job on the ball club and a real interesting interview. So hopefully you can stay with us for Tribe Talk today as we take you up until first pitch of the Indians and the Royals this afternoon here in Arizona. So stay with us. Tribe Talk gets rolling after this timeout on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. We join you from the Indian Spring Training Complex in Goodyear, Arizona. Today, Jim Rosenhouse along with you as we take you up until first pitch time. The Indians and the Kansas City Royals playing on Saturday afternoon, part of a split squad weekend for the Tribe. And then we'll also have radio action for you tomorrow back home here in Goodyear as the Indians will take on the Arizona Diamondbacks. Both those games right here on the Indians Radio Network. As we begin this week's show, we check in with Indians general manager Mike Chernoff, who met with the Cleveland media yesterday and brought us up to date on a variety of subjects, not the least of which some injury issues for the Tribe this week. So the very latest from Tribe general manager Mike Chernoff on the Indians' injury situation for several players. So Kiff and Anderson are getting a second opinion today from Dr. Meister. Um, We'll probably sort through that report and have some sort of plan of action within a couple of days after that and can update you no, no status change for either of those guys. Carrasco, I believe, is long tossing today or tomorrow. Um, he's feeling good. I mean, it was elbow inflammation. He feels really good. He continues to be on track right now. Um, Naquin, I guess, is feeling really good. Full workout today. 
With his foot? Yep, full workout today. He'll be, um, and then I'm trying to think who else. Anyone else? I think that's it. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Diaz is back. Diaz is playing third today. Yep. Uh, so, last, we've seen Austin Jackson play a handful of games now. Mm-hmm. You know, we've seen him play out doubles, and we've seen him moving in the outfield. Just what's your, what's been your reaction to seeing his mobility, just given yeah. what he's coming back from? So, for Austin, two things. The first part was getting him healthy and just getting him back into games, playing consistently. He is going back-to-back. He played yesterday. He'll play again today. So we're just hitting that stage where he is back and we can really start to assess the second part of it, which is putting himself in a position performance-wise to potentially make the team. So now I think we sort of shift the mode from, okay, he's healthy enough, he can be out there, now we can start to assess his performance, um, see how he's doing out there. Hasn't been really challenged in the outfield yet. Bat looked good yesterday. Um, But I think really this second half of spring training is the time to – start making some of those assessments and really um, determine if he's got a spot on the team. Uh, how could you see him sort of fitting into that the outfield scenario? I know a lot depends on yeah. is Brantley healthy and ready. Mm-hmm. But just ha- how could Austin sort of fit into that puzzle for, for Tito? Um, the hope when we brought him in, I mean, we lost Raj, obviously. The hope was that he could potentially fill that type of role. With Brantley back, we probably wouldn't need the same number of plate appearances, but we're um, at least with that that group that was this, the group of starters from last year, plus Brantley, Naquin, Chisholm, and Brantley were entirely left-handed. So you add Geyer in, obviously, Abe as a switch hitter, some of the other guys that we have in camp, either right-handed bats or um, guys that could fill other needs for us. He fits in well with the group of guys that we have. And I think that's sort of the spot that he would be competing for and how Tito could potentially use him. Speaking of the outfield, can you talk a little bit, a little bit about Bradley Zimmer and you know what he's done this spring? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's looked great. Um, it's always fun to have some of the young guys up in camp and give them a chance um, to just get a feel for the big league environment. He had been up before for a few games here and there during spring training, but to really have him in camp for the full time, um, for him to get a chance just to work with Tito, to be around the guys, be a part of the team, has been great to see. Uh, he's obviously done a great job so far. It's been it's been really neat for us to see some of the swing adjustments that he worked so hard on this offseason really pay off. He's got a couple of hits against tough lefties, um, which was a big focus of his. And then, you know, to watch him just athletically in the outfield and on the bases has been really fun for all of us. Where do you see him playing in the outfield when that time comes? I think a lot of that is dependent on need. I think we feel like he can play all three positions. So at least as a a start, when a guy transitions up, two things. One, what he can control, and two, what the need is. We feel like he would be capable of playing any of the three outfield spots. And he's looked good in, in at least center and right when he's played. I'm not sure if he's had time and left yet. We're a little bit away from Michael actually being a part of mm-hmm. the roster, but is, would there be room for for you guys to carry six outfielders if Babe is in the mix and Austin Jackson is in the mix? Not that mm-hmm. are you going to? But is there a, a way that, that 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 could shake out in the roster? I have to think through that. I, I 
I mean, unless one of the guys could play the infield, we need a backup infielder of some sort. So as long as we had a backup infielder, that could be a guy that also could play the outfield. Right, we had done that in the past with like Avilas on the team when he could also play outfield. But at least one of the bench guys has to be able to play the infield also. Tito talked about this a little bit that the, the preference would be to keep Jose at third. Mm-hmm. But if Kipnis is going to miss any time, would you consider moving him to second? Like, is that a consideration, or is that something that we want to keep him at third and we're not really considering that scenario? I think we'd like to keep him at third. We feel like he's completely capable of playing second, and we've even talked about scenarios where, depending on who the utility guy is, Jose could also be the guy that moves to short and second. I mean, it's a real asset for him. He can play all three of those positions. So I don't think anything's out of the question as we look at alternatives, but we feel like he, you know, it's important for him um, to continue to get settled at third. He really only has half a year of plate appearances there. And we feel like, you know, when Kip is back, that's going to be where things settle. Will Brantley play, uh, I don't know. T- minor league game tomorrow. Minor league game tomorrow. Yep. Okay. Playing left field, too? I think so, yeah. I think it's I think it's a shortened game. It's like a five-inning game tomorrow, maybe. So, But I believe he's going to be in there. Is that inter-squad or uh, minor league? Minor league? Hey, come on, oh, man. Is that camping? <laughs> Camp day, 1030. Okay. I'm sure none of you guys will be there now. <laughs> Maybe Kipnis will be out heckling him again. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty funny, wasn't it? It was good. <laughs> good video. Yeah. Did you hear we said that uh, Eric Haas when he hit the foul ball on the buddy's line? No. You break it, you buy it. <laughs> <laughs> you can't break Edwin's Jeep, at least. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking to Naquin yesterday. And yeah. He kind of was raving about it. Uh, the help Grady's given him yeah. this spring. Yep. Just for Grady's first taste of coaching, just mm-hmm. how nice to already, already hear that type of feedback from, uh, from a young player. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Grady went through so much as a player and cared so much about it. He's a great resource for these guys. One of the really cool moments that we had, he was talking to Chris one day, and he was talking, Grady was talking to Chris, and he said he couldn't sleep the night before because he was thinking about how he was going to word something to a player that he was working with. I was like, that's that moment of, I mean, that same care and effort that he put into playing, we're seeing that on the coaching side. And, as, I mean, that's at the foundation of anything you do as a coach. If you care about players enough to be staying up at night thinking about how you're going to talk to them, that's a good sign. It's been fun to have him around camp. That's Mike Chernoff, Indians general manager. Stay tuned. More to come as we continue with Tribe Talk. We'll hear from Indians outfielder Lonnie Chisenhall. That's coming your way next on the Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from the Indian Spring Training Complex in Goodyear, Arizona. And don't forget, if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can do so at Indians Radio to keep yourself up to date on especially in spring training game times and uh, where we'll be, whether it's a full radio network broadcast or indeed just a webcast as we have from time to time. So uh, check out our Twitter page at Indians Radio. Well, the Indians outfield situation, which heading into spring training had uh, quite a few question marks, seems to be coming into shape nicely, especially with the progress that Michael Brantley has made, might be very close to playing in full Cactus League games, and also the return to form of Austin Jackson, who's trying to make this club 
in on a minor league contract with that major league invite, but once he has been able to play and overcome some of the issues associated with knee surgery last year, things really shaping up nicely for Jackson. In right field, look for a platoon with Brandon Geyer, the right-handed part of that platoon, the outfielder acquired from Tampa Bay at the trade deadline a year ago, and then the left-handed part of that platoon, and maybe more playing time as well for Lonnie Chisenhall, who, believe it or not, is beginning his seventh season of Major League play. And also, believe it or not, only one of those years has he spent an entire season in the Major Leagues. You may remember when Lonnie Chisenhall was being called up, he was strictly a third baseman for the Indians. But two years ago, was sent back to the minor leagues and came back as an outfielder and has performed quite well. This spring, as a seasoned Major League veteran with a full postseason under his belt, Lonnie says things are going extremely well for him as he gets ready for a new season. Yeah, you, you know, the body's starting to come around. You know, you get over that initial soreness and that little bit of a lull like the second and third week. But now it's time to start, you know, focusing, you know, on approaches offensively and, you know, a little bit, you know, heavier scouting on the defensive side. And when you look at, at coming into spring training, I know you talk to a lot of players and they might have done something new in their off-season routine. But uh, how about you this off-season? Uh, I fished a little bit more this off season. <laughs> you know, uh, I, I tried to come in, you know, a little bit lighter. Uh, I, I ran. I was a little. I didn't run as well as I'd like last year. You know, slowing down. You shouldn't be slowing down at 28 years old. So, you know, I, I focused on that. Some speed work, uh, top end speed especially. You know, for you know, running down some balls in the outfield and things like that. But, you know, there, there's not too much. You just want to build on what you did the year before, which you know, I felt I was pretty consistent last year on both sides of the ball and. You know, just continue to propel that forward. In talking to a lot of the pitchers, they had to make some adjustments because of the length of the season. But I would imagine position players, too, that offseason was welcome. And, and being a shorter offseason, all the games last year, uh, have to make those adjustments to make sure you're, you get your rest, too? Yeah, I, I tried to be careful with some of the workouts I was doing to make sure I was you know, getting a workout in, but making sure I was healthy for the start of spring training. You, know, you can't exactly... You know, if you're missing four or five weeks of an off-season rest period and you, you can't jump back in the workouts, you know, last thing you want to do is, you know, with a long spring and a short off-season is, is come in and be behind schedule. So you know, you're able to use spring as, you know, what it's meant for is to get in shape, get your body ready to go, and, you know, it's we're going to have to take advantage of that this year. Lonnie Chisenhall joining us. You mentioned 28 years old doesn't seem that long ago that you're battling to, to make the team as a third baseman, and, and yeah. now you're a veteran outfielder. And uh, Do you ever think of it in those terms that, that, that you know what, do you, you belong up here and, and you're a veteran now? Yeah, you know, it's I think of it a lot because it's you know made me the player that I am now. There's been a lot of hurdles, a lot of obstacles you've you know, I've had to overcome, and it's just nice to be here in spring and feel comfortable and, you know, starting to feel like a major leaguer last year and then showing up to spring this year you know it, it takes a long time to feel comfortable sometimes and especially when you know I'm not making decisions easy on them and you know it's you know, finally you know have some stability and you know be on a good team under a good staff it's it's really nice and playing in the outfield do you do you finally feel like an outfielder now that that's where you're supposed to be yeah most days uh you know it, it's still early last year was my first full season out there so 
you know, still learning, you know, the nuances of it, you know, certain situations that, that can arise or you know, learning different ballparks. It's the, the same as the infield, but, you know, there's a lot of nooks and crannies out there and, you know, up against the wall or in foul territory and just always things that you can stay ahead of or stay on top of. And, you know, we go to a couple new stadiums this year and you try to do your best out there and, you know, like I said, just do something every day to, you know, get better. And as you continue your development, you look back at last year, so many good things happened for the team and yourself as well. Uh, how can that help you, you think, as you move forward here this season? Well, it, it helps knowing, you know, what it takes to, to be in that situation. Not only, you know, I know it's about you know, winning a World Series every year here. You know, that's the message from 2013, 2014. I mean, it's, it's been the same. You want to play the last game and you want to win it. So, you know, understanding that the smallest things can make the biggest difference where, you know, wins in April count at the end of the season. So you want to, you know, make sure you're playing good baseball all year long. And, you know, we, we were fortunate. We had some, you know, we caught a lot of breaks where, you know, got, we were playing well at the right times. Uh, guys were pitching very well, timely hitting. You know, we some great pickups, you know, at the you know, trade deadline. And you know, it, it takes a lot. You don't just find yourself in the World Series on talent alone or, you know, because somebody picked you. Uh, it, it takes a lot. You know, it takes a lot as a person and as a player. When you look at, at this year's spring training, some bumps and bruises uh, among some key players, and then the WBC has taken some players away. Is it odd in there at times uh, this spring? Yeah, it feels a little light. Um, you know, it, it springs weird like that where, you know, if I'm an outfielder, I don't, you know, I'm not spending much time with the pitchers or the infielders. And, you know, I played behind Corey twice and Tomlin twice, but you know, for the most part, it feels, you know, you're separated until about the last week, and then you, you start playing full games and getting four or five at-bats in a game. And, you know, that's when you begin to really prepare for the season. And you look around that clubhouse, and you kind of touched on that when talking about last season, but uh, a lot of optimism uh, just seems to be a real good feel in there. And, and are you feeling that, especially, as you say, that, that last week or so when it all comes together? Yeah, I mean, it's it's been great energy so far. You know, I know we brought in a, a few pieces. A lot of, you know, some guys are fighting for some spots. And it's, you know, it's competitive. Guys are, you know, they know what's at stake. They know, you know, they want to be a part of, you know, this atmosphere, this organization. And, you know, that's fun to go out and, you know, guys are smiling. They're working hard. You know, they're not, you know wishing harmful things upon each other. You know, I've, I've battled for a position before, and, you know, it can be uncomfortable, but you got to, you know, just take care of what you can take care of, and you'll be all right. And most importantly, to finish up, can Duke win the NCAA tournament? Oh, absolutely. I hope they still have some steam left after the ACC run. You know, four games in four days is exhausting, and uh, I picked them once in, you know, my four brackets, so I hope they can, you know, find it inside of them or Coach K can, you know, get them going. Thanks, Lonnie. Thank you. That's Lonnie Chisenhall, who has always had a, a world of potential, it seems, and we'll see if this is the year that from start to finish he can really put together some nice consistency. Last year he hit 286 with eight home runs and 57 runs driven in, and he's looking to build on those numbers coming up this season. Stay with us. When we come back, we'll visit with one of the prime free agents that the Indians signed in the offseason, Boone Logan, a left-hander to help out the bullpen. That's coming your way next on the Indians Radio Network. This is an easy place to fit in, I think. Um, our clubhouse is, they do a good job. You know, again, I've, because I've been with a lot of teams and a lot of organizations, I've seen a lot. It, just this is a good group 
they're easy to get along with, they, they're very welcoming, it doesn't matter what language you speak, or you know, if you have an Indian's uniform on, you're part of us. And I think when you're new here, you don't feel new very long. Welcome back to Tribe Talk, Jim Rosenhouse. Back with you from the Indian Spring Training Complex in Goodyear, Arizona. Great to have you with us this weekend. Whenever you're tuned into this show, if you are listening live on the Indians Radio Network, we will have Tribe Baseball coming your way shortly. The Indians in surprise today to take on the Kansas City Royals. Hammy will be here soon with uh, that first pitch. And we'll get you going with Indians Spring Training Baseball, part of a split squad day with the other portion of the Indian squad in San Antonio finishing up that two-game series with the Texas Rangers. On that trip with the Indians is left-handed relief pitcher Boone Logan, signed to a free agent contract in the offseason to complement that Indians pen and, and give Andrew Miller a little support from that left side. And you really couldn't look for a better fit as Logan has established himself as one of the top left-handed relief pitchers in the game he is second among active left-handed pitchers in terms of career appearances with almost 600. So you're looking at someone with outstanding major league experience dating back to 2006 when he broke in with the Chicago White Sox. Since then, he's pitched for Atlanta, the Yankees, and most recently Colorado, where the last two seasons he has appeared in 60 or more games with the Rockies. And a season ago, as good as Andrew Miller was, how about Boone Logan's numbers against left-handed hitters? He held them to a batting average of just 142 a season ago pitching for the Rockies. So some good things coming from Boone Logan. We had a chance to visit with him recently and ask him about adjusting to a new team. How long does that take, in this case, with the Indians? Oh, I mean, it's... Uh... It's all easy flowing now. You know, it takes just about a, a week or so to, to get acclimated and get used to everything and how, how everything works. Uh, you know, it's just, uh, I wouldn't say every spring, you know, every team just like is generic when it comes to spring training, like schedule and like what we do. But it's it's pretty basic of any other team. You know, you got your PFPs and catch and meetings. And I mean, it's, it, they're always a little bit slightly different, but it's all pretty much the same base. And you had some choices in the off season, and what led you here to to the Indians? Why was this such a good fit for you? Well, you didn't see that they went to the World Series. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, um, you know I had an opportunity to talk to uh, Tito this off season. Um, you know when they were showing interest, and uh, he reached out to me to get to know me a little bit, and like just just small talk, and um, you know asked what I wanted. And I said, you know, I just want to I want to win, and I wanted to play for you at least once in my career um uh you know and i had the opportunity you know they gave me the opportunity to have a chance to come over here so that's why and you mentioned the world series and and a couple of players who signed here have talked about that and as you're watching that and and you know you're a free agent is that a team that you start to target and think hey but could it be a fit there yeah i mean i don't it's not like i have a luxury to target whoever i want it you know that's why you know teams got to come to me if, if they want me so that was that was what was flattering, uh, them reaching out to me and, um, you know, working out a deal. Of course, it helps that, I mean, this is a good ball club, obviously, and, you know, they didn't lose anybody. and They gained a couple guys but didn't lose anybody. So, um, you know, in that division, I mean, these guys were, were definitely going back to the playoffs. So, um, you know, it was almost a no-brainer to come over. 
and from your perspective, obviously the bullpen a, a big key, and that was such a big key for this team in the postseason especially. The way it was used, did that enter your mind as you were starting to, to narrow things down and, and talk to Tito, uh, that that could be something that could be a lot of fun for you? You know, the greatest, one of the, probably the best bullpen in baseball last year. Um, you know, they don't, they don't need any, they didn't need any help down there, but if they can get, you know, if there's any room, wiggle room to, to get a little bit better, um, you know, I'm happy to be part of that and, and help out and, um, you know, maybe relieve Miller, you know, certain games and, and uh, make sure he gets his rest. And, you know, that's kind of the fit that I saw, uh, you know, knowing that I'm not going to be the main lefty coming to this team, which which is fine. You know, at the end of the day, I just want to win. And, um, I mean, why not be on one of the best teams in baseball? So, Boone Logan joining us uh, some time with the Rockies. And is it true what they say about how difficult it is to pitch at at least half of your games at at the altitude and and everything that goes along with that? Yeah, I've heard all that. I think, you know, I think it takes you, takes a player, a pitcher especially, a a year or so to to really get acclimated with that. I think guys that, you know, short, you know, one-year contracts or whatever that go over there, I think it's, you know, I would say it's not worth it because it takes that long to get used to, I think, and see how it really plays. It doesn't play nearly as bad as, as people say it does. It's definitely more more talk than anything. It's, you know, keep the ball down, but the ball definitely flies. But really the, the biggest part was just recovery, um, coming back from a road trip. You know, the second, it's like a two-day hangover. I mean, that's how you feel your body feels um, within that altitude, you know, after a road trip. So, you know, I always said – get through the homestand and get back on the road and you know body starts feeling better so you come to a new ball club and you're obviously at a stage in your career where, where you know what works for you but how much do you lean on on mickey calloway and, and jason bray as their coaches to, to help you get through some things i mean we all need coaching um yeah i'm going to lean on those guys a lot uh it doesn't matter how many years or how many years you don't have you, you still need guidance and you still need direction um so it's it's important uh, to lean on each other and, and help each other out. You're a couple lockers down from Brian Shaw. Is that an issue at all so far? Uh, it's been all right. <laughs> He's close enough, though. <laughs> Thank you, Boone. Appreciate it. Thank you. That's Boone Logan, who happens to locker next to Brian Shaw, which can be a challenge for anyone in a good way. Brian Shaw always keeping things light in that portion of the Indians clubhouse. But uh, thanks to Boone Logan for stopping by, and uh, certainly the Indians looking forward to seeing what he brings to their bullpen. Stay with us when we return. We'll finish up this week's show visiting with a player who is trying to make this ball club a long shot to be sure, but certainly could be a part of it at some point in time this season. Talking about utility man Daniel Robertson. Stay with us. More to come after this on the Indians Radio Network. I'm not trying to compare it to the 90s, but to me it's the first time since those teams in the 90s where we have a legitimate window of opportunity here for the next three years. I don't know. Yeah. you know, But again... Injuries will have a lot to say with it, but this is the first time really now in 20 years that you're sitting here and you're going, if this ball club comes to spring training for the next two, three, four years, 
a legitimate playoff contender. Welcome back to Tribe Talk from the Indian Spring Training Complex in Goodyear, Arizona. Jim Rosenhouse with you this weekend talking baseball on the radio and uh, some good baseball on the radio. Live game action coming your way shortly as the Indians will take on the Royals up in surprise. Well, we hope you can stay with us for this segment. Daniel Robertson is not a, a household name in camp this spring for the Indians, but he's trying to make this ball club as a utility man. He is an outfielder primarily, but also can play the infield. And at 31 years of age, Robertson has major league time with both Seattle, most recently, that was last year, also the Angels a little bit in 2015, and also Texas. So he's been around a little bit. But uh, some good experience there. Played for a high-powered college program his senior year at Oregon State. Concordia College before that. He's had to scrap his way every step of the way at 5'8", about 180 pounds. And he has been a a bundle of energy. And he's an interesting interview. So hang with this one. A lot of fun visiting with Daniel Robertson the, uh, the other day. And some great perspective on his situation. And We started off by talking about the challenges of coming into a camp, trying to win a job when numbers-wise the odds might be long. I mean, I think it's easy. You know, you come here to play baseball, and that's really the environment that they set. So it's my job just to come make sure that I'm prepared every day and I'm and I'm loose and ready to go to do the things that they ask me to do. So it's been quite an easy transition because baseball is the most important thing, and baseball is my profession, so I'm just trying to be the best baseball player I could be. And you look for opportunity, and uh, this spring you're getting to play a bunch and at different positions. How important is that that you're able to show some versatility? Well, I think it's important to be able to show how I can help a ball club. But, you know, like kind of like I said before, I try not to pay attention to some of those things um, because I'm a baseball player. So I just show up and I do what they ask me to do. And if they want me to play second base, then i got to play second base, but i got to make sure I'm prepared. So I try to get as many ground balls as I can. And, you know, fortunate enough, they're going to give me the opportunity that, that I would like to have. But for the most part, I just want to help the club any way that I can. When you look at your experience, a fair amount of years in the game, some time at the major league level, but uh, you were saying the other day you're still always learning, and and what are you learning here this spring that uh, do you think can help you down the road? Um, I guess the question would be what am I not learning? You know, there's so much much information from when I'm on first base and Sandy is a first base coach, and he's looking at the pitcher and he's dissecting him and he's asking me if I can see the things that he's seeing. You have Tito with so much experience, so many World Series appearances and success in the World Series. I mean, shoot, last year was the first time he ever lost. So it's that information of how to win baseball games. I think how to be a winning baseball player is the information that I'm really trying to harness to move on because at the end of the day, I don't know how long I'm going to play this game, hopefully for a long time, but I just want to perfect my winning piece because I want to help teams win, and that's what I want to be a part of. And you're here now, and uh, tell us about the offseason. What? Who were some of the other teams, or maybe not specifically other teams, but why did it come down to Cleveland, and what made this a real good fit for you? Um, I've been trying to get over here for a while, and I just feel like man, the the manager with Mills, the bench coach, with Sarby, with Ty, so many of those guys, when I start to take a look at the everything as a whole, not to downplay anybody else's roster, there's just so much baseball knowledge here, and they want to win. And that was the most important thing to me. And other teams uh, want to win too, but this team's willing to do whatever it takes to win. And I think it showed when they, we signed Edwin Encarnacion. It showed when they kept the pieces together that they wanted to keep, and then they added a very good piece as well. And I wanted to be a part of that. And, you know, funny story, the night, the last uh, – 
the last out was made, I text my agent, and I was like, Cleveland it is. Like, that's where I want to go. And we waited, we waited, and we gave the space because, obviously, the loss in the World Series. And as soon as the the, the opportunity presented itself when they contacted us, we, we jumped all over it. So for fans who don't know about that process, you mentioned you're, you're watching that game, and, and you reach out to them. I know a lot of times the, the club may reach out to you. Did were they aware of, of your interest, or, or did you really have to sell yourself to the Indians? Um, I don't know. I think that's something that you have to go ask Chris and his staff um, and Tito themselves because, you know, I can't – I don't know. I don't know what happened behind the closed door, but I was excited. I mean, there's there's opportunities that I've had in this game where you kind of have to go where they tell you to go. And being a free agent, it was the first time that I actually got a choice. From all the way when I was 20 or 21 years old, I got drafted. So this was the first opportunity I wanted. And after doing my research and understanding the type of people that were here, I wanted to be a part of those people. Because you win with good people, and it showed last year. Daniel Robertson joining us, uh, really playing well this spring and, and trying to give himself a chance to, to make this ball club out of spring training. and. Uh, you mentioned being drafted, and, and how has the game changed in your eyes how you view it coming from a, a real good college program at Oregon State, uh, early years pro ball, and now to the point where you can be a free agent and look around a little bit? Um, it hasn't changed much. I mean, scenery has changed quite a bit the last four years, being with four different teams, but um, I would just have to say maybe the, uh, the competitiveness uh, day in and day out from college to pro ball. Um, from the business side of it, it's important. Um, every day that you win and I think some organizations value that more than others and it's not a knock on them it's just fact and that's why you have a majority of the same teams competing every year because they go and get players like that and so myself coming from Oregon State you know you take a look across the way we got some we got some beavers over there we got Logan Ice who's a great player had a phenomenal junior year and actually got a chance to chat with him yesterday so the change is awesome because I'm getting to see some of the kids that I try to help when I go back to school, and now you see them starting to come around. Andrew Moore with Seattle, Tyler Smith in camp with Seattle. I think that's – it doesn't change. It just kind of gets better. The game gets better as you get older, and it becomes a better and better experience. You mentioned the coaches, and, and they're a big reason why you're here. Uh, how about players that you've gotten to know here the last couple of weeks or maybe knew before you got here? Any of them uh, particularly helpful to your game? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Michael Martinez, he's a utility guy himself, and I actually played with him in the Dominican. I played on his Dominican team in 2012, so that was a familiar face. I played against Kipnis in college, and we have a mutual friend who it was kind of good to just meet face-to-face one-on-one because, funny story, if you know, I kind of owe my baseball career to Kipnis. You know, that's a, maybe a different story for a different time when you have more time. But, well, you have plenty of time. What do you have? Uh, well, Jason was drafted by the Padres as well. And in that draft class, it was – it went uh, Sawyer Carroll, Jason Kipnis, Blake T. Cody. And those were three outfielders, a senior from Kentucky – a junior from Miami, and Kipnis himself, a redshirt sophomore from uh, Arizona State. And he played center. And so he played center, Blake played center, and Sawyer played right field. So we show up to camp, and I'm supposed to go to rookie ball. And we haven't signed Kipnis yet. They hadn't signed Blake Ticota yet. So they called me on my drive down to um, Arizona and told me to turn around and go back to short season. And instead of going to Arizona, I got to go to Eugene and you know obviously they don't sign Jason and he ends up going back to school and I end up the MVP of the league and my compute and my career kind of took off but if Jason signs you know I don't know where my baseball career takes me after that so it was a funny thing to share 
the couple of days when we're laughing and joking and I give him a pound saying, you know, hey, whatever you want to do, Kip, I owe my career to you, so whatever you got. Baseball's a great game, isn't it? Uh, it's beautiful <laughs> for the fan and for the player. And that last question, you wear 99. Uh, yeah. Did you have a choice in that, and, and yes. how come? Um, well, I, uh, I started wearing it last year uh, when I was with the Mariners. I've always wanted to wear it, but it, it's tough, you know, being a rookie coming up and asking for your own number. But the lower levels, you only have your jerseys that fit you to your size. So, obviously, I'm wearing single digits, being the smallest one, usually on the team. Um, but when I was in college, um, I went to Concordia University for three years. And every single fall, our coach was big on no individualism. So during the fall, every college and every team that we played, we all wore the same uniform. And it was a mustard yellow, lime green Concordia written across the chest, pullover mesh that was crusty and old. But we all had number 99 on the back. And the symbolization was play the ninth inning nine times with that kind of energy. Because all the energy that you see going into the ninth inning, you saw it yesterday in the WBC with the Dominican and Columbia, you have that energy and he wanted us to harness it and play with that energy from the first inning so it's just a constant reminder for me to play the first pitch just like I would in the last so I'm able to wear it now on my back as a symbol of kind of where I come from and what I've learned and also a daily reminder and they allowed the whole team to wear 99 uh, well, it was just in the fall, so it wasn't, It wasn't. you know, there's no stats. And I bet it was a hard time for scouts, but he didn't care because it was all about the team. Daniel, thanks so much for the time. I appreciate it. Hey, no problem. Thanks for having me. That's Daniel Robertson trying to make this ball club at some point in time, maybe not opening day, but uh, at some point in time at least leave an impression and uh, be in the mix if the Indians have a need for a super utility type player. He plays the outfield and uh, middle infield as well. Hey, that's going to do it for this week's edition of Tribe Talk. Great to have you with us. As uh, We will join you again next week as we continue from here in Goodyear at spring training. So until then, for Brian Matze, who always does a great job putting this show together back at our network studios in Cleveland, this is Jim Rosenhouse reminding you that you've been listening to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians radio network.